Ladies and gentlemen, loyal elite hate listeners, today Kevin and I are going to do something which you've been waiting all year for. This is our 2022 year in review breakdown, talking all the big things, all the big headlines. Kevin, we're all about big talking points. I can't wait to do this. There's so many things to go over. 2022 has been the most insane year for wrestling news, wrestling headlines since 2007. I feel there's no debate with that. So, Kevin, plenty to go over. Welcome back to Elite Heat. I know we've been very consistent, pal. Oh, I mean, consistency is our middle name. You Mm. and I are some of the most consistent figures in the history of wrestling content creation. I think that's fair to say. Is anyone out there going to dispute that? I don't know. But nevertheless, here we are, and we're talking about the, um, wow, like the nightmare at times, pun intended, roller coaster (laughs) of of a ride that 2022 has been. In wrestling um, and then we're gonna talk about what wrestling will look like in 2023 I think our prediction is gonna get kind of wonky yeah I think we, uh, that's a spoiler alert for the end of the podcast here we're, yeah we're gonna go a little off the uh, and I can't wait stay tuned it will be classic elite heat going out of pocket um, I can't say there's any like anything utterly just unbelievably not well, actually there, there may be it depends what you view that as but yeah so a bit of 2023 preview later on but First, Kevin, we've got some things to go over with 2022 because it was quite the year. Um, it seemed in my eyes that we couldn't go more than a couple of weeks without something mm-hmm. of at least, you know, fairly big notoriety happening. Whether it was a some on-screen return or a big title change, but mostly, Kevin, mm-hmm. behind the curtain. Mostly in the gorilla position or behind. Things that went down this year... Wait, Kevin, a year ago we did our 2022 bold calls and we were, we were so safe. Oh, The Undertaker will make an impact wrestling appearance. Oh, The Miz will feud with Jerry Jones at WrestleMania. We thought it would be all that. Kevin, hit, start us off. What, what were some of the big things that happened this year? Let's break them down one by one. Well, I, I, I like to start here. I feel like this is a good note to start on. Um, I don't know if it's a good note. I mean, it just it just feels like a story that would have been bigger had like this year not been so insane but it's something that's kind of just like kind of gone to the rail side the wayside bayside is it bayside or wayside i don't know whatever the phrase is wayside wayside kevin i don't know i'm sorry it's the rum i'm drinking don't mind me so rick flair wrestled his last match in 2022 and this was something that i don't think anybody was asking for (laughs) <laughs> I don't think anybody was sitting at the edge of their seat thinking, "Wow, I want to see Ric Flair wrestle again." I, I don't think that was I don't think that was a thing. But nevertheless, we got it. Here we are. Uh, Ric Flair faked a heart attack in this match. Um, yeah, like there was this indie show that was built around Ric Flair having his last match. It took place in Tennessee or somewhere in the Southern Territories. And yeah. Here we are. We had Ric Flair teaming with his son-in-law, Andrade El Idolo, to face uh, Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. And I want to ask you, like, when you saw, like, the rumors and the rumblings that Ric Flair wanted to wrestle again, and I know you were probably thinking, oh, that's not possible. And then you see the training video of him with Jay Lethal like, and him training with oh, yeah. Andrade, and you're like, ah, oh, it's still, like, no, that's crazy. Ric Flair's not actually going to wrestle a match. Like, what, what yeah. were you thinking of this, like, in the build-up? 
Pal, can I just say, on that point you made, no one, no one single person who follows wrestling or cares about anything was sat in their homes during the heart of a lethal, deadly global pandemic from 2020 through 2022. No one sat there thinking, damn, the one thing I want right now is a Ric Flair match. A new, fresh Ric Flair final match. And pal, that's what we got this year. We got Ric Flair wrestling in the South. And Kevin, as they say, what happens in the South should stay in the South, pal. This was terrible. And Kevin, your question about my reaction to seeing Ric Flair's training video, then this last match. Kevin, watching a 73-year-old man fake a heart attack in front of his loved ones, we could go on about this all day. We really could. We could ramble on and on and on. But we only want to just touch on this because there's plenty more to get to and this is a bit morbid. Kevin, probably the... It's 2022. Lots to happen. I don't want to say it was the worst thing, but that, the, the, the sheer visual of a 73-year-old Ric Flair clutching his heart, collapsing on the ground, screaming during his last match, it's it just awful. Just, Kevin, truly terrible. The training video was unnecessary the match was even more unnecessary just dreadful any other thoughts on this or can we just move on please no, no i'm going to the next one um mm-hmm. you know in a, a little bit more lighthearted news <clears throat> yes um and something that I, I guess like it became a big deal for a lot of the wrong reasons a lot of the circumstances behind it but it was aew and tony khan purchasing ring of honor you know this was like i mean it was it was a big news story but it was big news because it came out that Tony Khan paid like forty million dollars for Ring of Honor, and everybody was like, "Oh, what is wrong with this guy? Like, he's just flaunting daddy's money around." But you know, the number ended up being closer to like four million, three point five in that area. Nothing crazy. Um, he's bringing back ROH Honor Club. I don't really know what that is. I, I guess that's a subscription service where you can watch any Ring of Honor show, pal, uh, past and present and future. So yeah, there's that. Um, Kevin, Kevin, excuse me. Thanks to Tony Khan, you can now watch Ring of Honor Final Battle from 2009. Aren't you grateful? Um, yeah, pal. I can't wait to watch Austin Aries uh, do a double backflips onto Brian Danielson. Yeah, no. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, just yeah, Tony Khan brought Ring of Honor um, once again. In another year, this was like, I don't know, 2019 or 2020. This is like a, a, a really like massive, like one of the biggest things of the year. Uh, in 2022, this is like, it's a top 10 story, but it's not, it's just not top five. Um, you know, Ring of Honor, obviously, Kevin, in the 2000s, this was the farming ground of Samoa Joe, Brian Danielson, our favorite, Phil Brooks, Sam Punk, who we'll get to later, and a, a litany of other, like Tyler Black and all these great indie performers who've pioneered the 2000s and you know current day wrestling as we know it ring of honor was the farming ground for them and kevin as well recent years the elite cody Rhodes, etc ring of honor's had a lot go down there tony khan now bought it thank god it wasn't for 40 million pal could you imagine if it was for 40 million <laughs> yeah imagine. oh stick about that for a minute oh. That's that's almost as that's almost as insane as uh, the, the the Saudi trillionaire is paying like two hundred million pounds for Ronaldo at thirty nine years of age. That's anyway um, <laughs> nuts. But yeah, yeah, that's just that's ridiculous. Um, nonetheless, pal, yeah, Tony Khan bought Ring of Honor, and as a result, we've had Chris Jericho 
of all people. Chris Jericho has been the Ring of Honor champion. That happened this year. You know, the the guy who three years ago was getting roasted by NBA fans on Twitter. The guy two years ago was getting cancelled for holding concerts without masks. Okay, this guy, Chris Jericho, was Ring of Honor champion, pal. What your what are your honest thoughts? That happened in 2022. Oh, God. I mean, I guess it's nice to see Chris Jericho have a moment in the sun. Like, he needed another one. Um, nice to see, I guess. I don't I don't really know what to make of that. I honestly don't. Like, Chris Jericho won a title that doesn't mean anything. Like, that's the way I see it. And I'm sure a lot of people would be upset at that notion, but... I mean, it's the Ring of Honor World Championship. Nevertheless. Um, we moved. We moved. We did have some returns in uh, 2022. And one of those returns that has gone really under the radar is the return of Bray Wyatt. Like, when you're talking about top news stories, I mean, Bray Wyatt, he... So Brody Lee tragically passed away at the end of 2020. That really hit Bray Wyatt hard. And he just wasn't the same for a while. And he leaves WWE on a leave of absence after WrestleMania 37. And then he just gets released like six months later after rumors of him going to Hollywood, doing horror movies, whatever. Uh, he gets released due to budget cuts that Vince McMahon used to, to pay out his hush money. But I, I digress. Oh, my. Oh, my. I can carry on. Carry on. Yeah, Bray Wyatt is back. Um, what, about a year later? A year after he gets released, he returns at Extreme Rules. And yep. it seems like everything he's doing is not really being talked about enough. Or at all, really. So that, that's interesting, but cool. his return was a big deal, as big of a deal as almost anything that we could that we could possibly cover on this podcast. Yeah, and like is the, that timeline of events made him so likable. Like Bray Wyatt's one of those guys who has a pretty sizable like fan base. Like Bray Wyatt has people and a decent portion of fans in this wrestling fraternity who idolize him and think he's amazing. He's so different. He tells stories a different way. He stands out from the box. His character work is near enough second to none nowadays. There's hardly anything like Bray. So for him to be gone literally over a year after he was unceremoniously released in August of 2021, which Kevin, can I, just say, I remember that day so vividly, the, the, like the reaction. I was on wrestling Twitter. You'd have thought Vince McMahon legitimately shot someone. It was a mad freak out. And yeah, it was... That was something. Kevin, fast forward to September of this year, Extreme Rules, Bray's back. And it was a legitimate, like, proper babyface reception. It's only that promo he cut on the SmackDown after. He's, like, pouring his heart out in the ring. It's, like, about, you know, all the things he's been through. I didn't think he had what it took anymore. Like, one of these, like, genuine babyface promos where the wrestler is, like, speaking as the person, essentially. Just great stuff. And as you're, you're alluding to there, has it sort of... Not died out, because he did do a, a solid segment on SmackDown to close the year with um, LA Knight, but like the, the buzz has gone away, as it naturally does. It's been now three and a bit months, four months. So, Kevin, as you allude to, the hype isn't as insane as it was. Um, but, yeah, still pretty crazy. Bray returned after being, like, fired, and that's just barely spoken of either. That's just another thing that happened, pal. Yeah, literally another thing that happened in a banner year for wrestling news. I don't think we're ever going to get a year like 2022 ever again. I don't know if we'll ever get anything in the elk of 2022 in the recent um, future, I guess you could say. In the next five, ten years, I don't know. I don't know if we'll see anything like this. You know, maybe in the next 15 years we'll get something like this. I don't know how we can. Like, 
because realistically, I just want to make this point for a moment. Feel free to elaborate. But you look at now where wrestling's at. We've had some of like the big dominoes fall this year, which we'll allude to very shortly. And going forward, what's really left as far as like mass, like major wrestling news and headlines? Like, I guess what I mean. We'll, we'll get to this later, but stuff like Reigns just like leaving for good and ditching WWE, WWE being sold to like Disney or whoever. And heaven forbid any wrestler tragedy that happens. Like that's really the only other big domino news pieces I can think of now. Like 2022 has had so many that now there's hardly anything left. And what would be left to make it a banner year going forward is so extreme. So Kevin, thoughts on that and feel free to carry us on. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I want to transition and I I want to transition to a, a news story that was so monumental at the time when it happened and, it's really like, again, this would this is a story that would be, and and this happens in twenty seventeen. This is one of the biggest stories of that year. We lost a legend in the wrestling business. We lost a pioneer. We lost one of the most influential wrestlers of all time, Scott Hall. In uh in twenty twenty two, and I believe it was in May or was it March? Was it March when Scott Hall passed away? Um, March. Yeah, if I want to, yeah. yeah let me, March, yeah, yeah. Let me, let me fact check this. We'll, we'll fact check that, but just Kevin, I know personally, I'm... Yeah, March. He passed like, away in March. Yeah. I'm too young to, like, I, I never watched Scott Hall and Razor Ramon during his, like, you know, heyday, during the 90s. I, I'd never witnessed it, but obviously having the beauty of the network and everything, and going back and seeing Scott Hall, the character he played, how great he was... He was ahead of his time in many ways. Just how much charisma he had. He was just a naturally larger-than-life, charismatic figure. He was what, in many ways, a wrestler should be. And he was a part of the NWO, one of the biggest, if not the biggest groups in wrestling history, the most influential groups. He was so great on the mic. Once again, I mentioned the charisma. Had some great matches. Just a true wrestling legend, Kevin. A pioneer. And the fact that he tragically isn't with us anymore is like genuinely upsetting um but yeah what a legacy he left behind yeah he's probably a guy that um was way ahead of his time you know you put you put like prime scott hall and like you put him in today's era of wwe he's gonna be the biggest thing going or like one of the top three um i mean it just i guess it speaks to the talent that was around back then the people that were trying to be wrestlers but scott hall mm. stood out above the rest and this was like I remember when the news first broke out that he was like in critical condition. <clears throat> nobody knew that he was sick. Nobody knew that he was having surgery. No, or not sick, but nobody knew that he was having hip surgery. You know, he well, he didn't have any illnesses that we know of. He just he just couldn't handle the surgery, and that was it. Just didn't make it, and it was crazy. It was like it took over the wrestling world, and it, it really it's, it's tragic. Uh, when you lose someone like that, I mean, he he was 63, lived a, a pretty long life, but, you know, you think people like Scott Hall, they're just going to live forever, you know? 100%. 100%. And I will say, Kevin, this, now, this is just my opinion. Obviously, it, it's sad to lose anyone in, the, like, the wrestling space. This 2022 was not, like, the worst year in recent memory for wrestler deaths. I remember 2020 was particularly bad, and that had a lot of them. With like you know notorious uh, like big time wrestlers who have passed away, but 2022 did have a number of them. 
Um, Scott Hall being the main one. So yeah, all the all the wrestlers who were lost this year want to you know acknowledge them um, and just say yeah, like thanks for all the contributions they made the industry pal because yeah, n- not everyone is Hulk Hogan, not everyone's Cena. Like a lot of wrestlers, you know, wrestle to make the wrestling industry go. So yeah, I thought it's just worth a mention. Absolutely. So. Yeah, I mean Don West passed away today as we're recording this. So, um, TNA legend, color commentator. Condolences to him and his family. Sucks. Um, but yeah. So, to transition... Kevin, do you want to... Should we switch gears to something a bit more... I guess, you know, more lively, more vibrant, more crazy. Kevin, switch gears for us. You be Michael Cole. Yeah, I'm going to switch gears there, John. Um, I mean, again, this would be, like, the biggest story in wrestling. Again, if this happened a few years ago. Um... So th- this is like a two-parter because th- it was a massive news. Co- basically, Cody Rose dominated headlines for majority of of the first half of this year at WWE. First, he w- really this was the first big bombshell of the entire year. Cody mm. leaves AEW. That's a big story in and of itself. And then he returns to WWE at WrestleMania 38. Another big story in and of itself. He leaves AEW, he, he cuts this weird promo on Dynamite in his last appearance, and that's it, you know, we never see him again on that show, and then he shows up at WrestleMania 38, he looks like this big star, he has the big entrance, he he has everything that made him the American Nightmare and made him um, the Cody Rose that we saw outside of WWE, the theme song, the look, the tattoo, um, you know, the wrestling style... Yeah. Uh, he he had he always had charisma. I think people would say. I think most people would agree. Cody always had charisma. But it was just different. He felt like a star. He came, he got this huge reaction. He faces Seth Rollins, who's as good of an opponent as you could possibly have at WrestleMania on the big stage. It just doesn't get any better than that. The two deliver a good match. They end up having one of, if not the best storylines of the entire year in twenty twenty two. Yep. But, I mean, first of all, I'll ask you, what, what did you think? The, the Firstly, what did you think about Cody leaving AEW? That was a shocker. And obviously, now in hindsight, it makes a bit more sense. Because, um, Kevin, we talked about this a lot when we were, you know... I know we joked about this before, but we were much more consistent. Like, a year ago, a year and a half ago, even, like, upwards of two years ago, we talked about it consistently, how Cody Rhodes... He didn't fit that AW traditional mold right. in a, in a company filled with we we named it like circus acrobats, aka guys just doing high spots and who couldn't cut a promo. In a company filled with that, Cody was out the front doing these Shakespearean monologues, these over dramatic twenty minute promo segments where he's mentioning racism in Georgia. He's calling out Anthony a go go. He's cutting 10-minute promos, crying about his you know, unborn son or child. He's cutting promos, like all these things. He's doing promos about MJF, like where he's like crying for 15 minutes. Kevin, lo and behold, Cody really didn't fit in. And who knows what will come out about Cody Rhodes and backstage stuff in AEW. But what we do know is that Cody left. He cut a promo in the ring with the ladder, I believe, literally a year ago, near enough now. And then before we knew it, come February, Cody was officially out of AEW, which 
you you asked a question about my reaction, Kevin. I was kind of just gobsmacked because this is one of the AVPs of the company. This is one of the founding fathers, Kevin. That Cody, I would say, is there an AW? I mean, that's a very fair question to ask. And if there is an AW, like, where is it? Because Cody was so, like, pivotal to AW even getting off the ground. Him and what he did in 2016, 17, 18 laid the foundation for him and, you know, the other founding fathers to lead AW and get them off the ground. So, Kevin, to answer your question, I was shocked, simply shocked. Yeah, I mean, Cody brought the, <clears throat> he brought the big, the big vision to the indies, to the to Ring of Honor, to those guys, to the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and all those dudes. He brought the big vision that they didn't have. You know, he brought the experience of working in the machine of WWE for so many years. He just added, like, he was the missing piece to what they were doing already, what those guys were doing and getting hot on the indie scene. Cody was the missing piece. He's the guy, arguably, that was the one that spearheaded all in, you know, took the challenge from Dave Meltzer that Ring of Honor couldn't sell, a 10, seat or sell out a 10,000-seat arena. And they did. And, you know, now AEW does shows in Chicago, like, every seven days, it feels like. <laughs> but I digress. Um, and then I'll, I'll yeah. just elaborate on Cody and his return to WWE. Yep. And he made, you know, he made news again at Hell in the Cell for wrestling with a torn pectoral muscle. I mean, just otherworldly, incredible. Kudos to Cody Rose. He became the big star that he wanted to be and he knew he could be for all those years. And uh, yeah. a lot of the fan base, I guess a lot of fans felt validated too because there were so many Cody Rose fans. You think back from, like, 2009 to, like, 2012, 13, 14. There were always that, that fan base of Cody that was that were like, this guy has something. Can't describe yeah. it, but he has something. And he showed everyone what that something was in 2022. It took him a long time to get there. It was an unlikely mm. road, a lot of hard work. But now he's on, and I don't think he's going back. Cody's going to be a WWE for life, it seems like. And he's going to be one of the biggest stars the company has while he's going... You know, if Roman were to leave tomorrow, Cody's the face of the company, arguably. That's that's insane. Yeah, I know. I know. And, and like, Kevin, I just want to make one point about that. Cody's return and to WWE, I touched on the AW thing just a minute ago, but the way he came into WWE, that moment, you mentioned before everything with WrestleMania, Seth Rollins is the opponent, the stage. I remember the moment Cody left AW, people were saying, kind of, what now? Would Cody go back to New Japan? Would he just go off and do reality TV? Would he take like a year off and just be like a dad for a bit? Like, like what would he do? Most people were like, yeah. most people had common sense. Like, they'd probably go to WWE. Will that be any good? Because, Kevin, we knew Cody Rhodes. I'll speak for myself here, and you can feel free to chime in. When Cody Rhodes was in WWE for all those years, he was a mid-card guy. He had little little glimpses as a main eventer. I remember in 2013, they did the stuff with the, the Rhodes family and the Shield. Mm-hmm. I remember there was some good stuff, like him and like Sandow feuding over the briefcase. It was a mid-card feud, but it felt like it was actually good TV. And there was some other good stuff, but the whole kind of window with Cody and WWE was, yeah, Stardust, Dashing. It was tag teams with the Rhodes Scholars. It was when the legacy was... Decent. He was like a supporting actor, main eventer, but he was really just a mid card guy. So he had the the kind of mid card tag associated with him. 
in his first run, he did everything we mentioned there with making AW and everything there and being the founding father of it almost. And then he comes to WWE again. He debuts or he returns to WrestleMania and he feels like a main event star. It was main event of presentation. He comes out with the American Nightmare gear, has a great match with Seth Rollins. He's a fan favorite. He's getting massive rounding ovations and applause. People are chanting his name. He's cutting great promos week in, week out on Raw. He's having that match with the, the torn titty. But hell in a cell, like it was a hero's ovation. He was—he's now made it as a main eventer. Kevin, now people are, you know, wondering when the next Cody segment's going to be on Raw. Mm-hmm. The only reason I'd even tune into Raw is for the Cody segment now. Like, what else is on Raw now, Kevin? The Miz and Bronson Reed. Like, like what is this? You know, so Cody's—he's carrying Raw, pal, and he's not even on. <laughs> you know, yeah, so literally, yeah. Cody is oh. WWE's nightmare, pal. If you will, if you will. So, yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. All right. So, now, right. um, another story that we thought we would never see. Another thing that just, I mean, mind blowing. Absolutely freaking mind blowing. Stone Cold Steve Austin came out of retirement on the same night that Cody Rose returned to WWE. I don't know. Was it the same night? Did Cody come back? He, he was night two, I believe. But. No, no, Cody Cody was night one, pal. Wow, they had Cody and Stone Cold in night one. Yeah. Um, Yeah, Yeah. so so the same night that Stone Cold makes his return to the ring. uh, Sorry, the same night that Cody makes his return to WWE, Stone Cold makes his return to the ring. Um, Yeah. This has been something that, you know, has been teased for years. I mean, literally since he stopped wrestling at WrestleMania 19, there was every few every few years you would hear, oh, Stone Cold's coming back to fight John Cena, or Stone Cold's coming back to face CM Punk. That was probably the most famous one, and maybe the closest we ever got. Um, but it ultimately never happened. So you would think, now he's in his late 50s, you know, you're never going to see Stone Cold again wrestle. But then this rumor came up, and it was like, oh, Stone Cold's going to wrestle Kevin Owens at WrestleMania in Dallas. And, you know, Stone Cold was heavily involved in the promo package. For the show, but I mean, that's nothing out of the ordinary. WWE has used Stone Cold to promote a lot of things. Video games, pay-per-views, you name it. Stone Cold has been, he's still been involved in WWE for, since he retired. And then, it started to really, like, look like it was actually going to happen. When Kevin Owens would be cutting these cheesy heel promos, calling out Texas, you know, begging for a Texas native to stand up to him. It was just weird. It was like 80s wrestling. And then it was announced, okay, Stone Cold is going to be appearing at WrestleMania 38. And even then, even when they announced that Stone Cold was going to be appearing, they announced that he was going to be on the KO show. So I was just thinking, okay, we're going to have Stone Cold come out in the middle of the show, you know, like after the second or third match, Stone Cold is going to come out, drink a couple of beers. He's going to stun Kevin Owens. He's going to stun Byron Saxton. Maybe he'll stun JBL. Maybe he'll stun your mom. And then... Everybody will go home happy, you know? Yeah. But then it's like the end of the show. You know, we've seen Cody. We've seen whatever else. We've seen Bianca and Becky. We've seen all this stuff. We've seen Logan Paul. We've watched McIntyre and Happy Corbin. We've watched Ron Rousey stink the joint up. Carry on. Yeah, we've seen all that. So then then Kevin Owens is making his way out for the KO show. And then it's like, okay, they're going to close the show with a talk show? Like, what? And then... What? Thank you. And then Stone Cold... And then Stone Cold actually wrestled. Like, I'm st- it still doesn't even feel real. It's my... Like, I can't believe yeah. it. Stone Cold wrestled at 38. I can't believe it. 
I mean, not at 38. At WrestleMania 38. He wrestled at 58 at WrestleMania 38. Yeah. There we go. Pal. I just... The fact that in 2022, Steve Austin wrestled. Like, it was always one of those things, to, to me at least, that you thought might maybe happen, but probably not. And even then, you mentioned, you touched on the build, where Kevin Owens is wearing a cowboy hat saying that Texas sucks and he hates Texas. And I remember the story came out about Steve Austin and a certain other individual wrestling at this show. And I was like, no way. Just get stuffed. That's not happening. Even if Steve Austin wrestles, he'll probably be bad. He'll probably break his neck again. There's no way they actually do something with Austin wrestling. Nice try. His, the last chance he had to wrestle was like 10 years ago against Philip Jack Brooks. They didn't do it. Now it's too late. But... They proved Steve Austin, Owens, everyone involved proved doubters like myself and many others wrong well and truly, Kevin. It was a damn fun match. It was a 14-minute no-holds-barred match. It flew by. Steve Austin wore the, the, the shirt, and he just he beat up Owens for a bit, played his best hits. Owens got a couple moves in. It was just, it was just awesome. A, a great way to end a, a night of WrestleMania in Texas. It really was fantastic. I loved it. A lot of people loved it as well. And just crazy this year stone cold wrestled we couldn't the last time we could have said that was in 2003 like that's mad so yeah well awesome awesome kevin awesome yeah and, and I, I thought for sure when the punk match didn't happen at, in 2013 2014 i thought for sure he was never going to come back like that was like i felt like that was it and then here he is and in the match you know let's talk about the match itself for a minute it, it was not a you know a technical mat classic and Stone Cold was really ever known for that to begin with but it was a Stone Cold match there was stomping a mud hole a lot of punches good action outside the ring um, you know Steve Austin didn't take too many crazy risks and I'm sure that's why he was in there with Kevin Owens Kevin Owens is I'm sure one of the safer guys he has a reputation for being one of the safer guys I'm sure backstage in the ring or else Stone Cold wouldn't have wanted to work with him so, I, yeah. I mean, it, it speaks volumes to what WWE thinks of Kevin Owens. I mean, if you ever think Kevin Owens is leaving WWE after he main evented at WrestleMania with Stone Cold, I don't think it's going to happen. And Kevin, just one, one thing, keep in mind, literally this time one year ago, there was a heap of carry-on, a heap of commotion. Oh, Kevin Owens is dissatisfied with WWE. Kevin Owens to AEW. Owens to AEW. Oh, he's disgruntled. He's not enjoying his time in WWE, well, how the tables turn there. I mean, the amount of wrestlers who would do anything to say, I main evented WrestleMania against Stone Cold Steve Austin in Texas in front of 100,000 people. I'm in the main event storyline six months of the year. Like, Owens has feuded with the Bloodline for several months this year. He was a big, he was pretty the main, the main star of the War Games team that opposed the Bloodline. He, he was a, a team with Cena on the last night of the year on SmackDown. Like, Kevin, Owens has had a phenomenal 2022. He really has. This main event against Stone Cold was great. You can carry on a bit more if you want about that, but, yeah, it was just awesome stuff. I loved it. Yeah, absolutely incredible. I mean, Stone Cold, you know, he's here. Maybe he's going to wrestle again next year. I don't know. But it was uh, if he doesn't wrestle ever again, it was a great swan song in Dallas, Texas, in his home state. Um, went out at, on top, main event. Doesn't get any bigger than that, and yeah, I mean, I, I think I guess this is what the the two nights of WrestleMania affords us is fun moments like this. But 
so now on to the next story here that I want to touch on. And I, I think this one, this story really, a lot of people thought this was a, like a, a work when Sasha Banks and Naomi walked out of WWE prior to Raw. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll never forget the clip of Michael Cole and Corey Graves announcing that Sasha and Naomi didn't show up for work is something that'll probably never leave my mind from a wrestling standpoint. Like, I'll just... It was so yeah. weird. It just, it felt like... It had storyline written all over it, is, is I guess what I'm trying to say. But mm-hmm. then it turned out to be real. And we haven't seen either one of these women in WWE since that time. Um, I believe it was in early May. And we don't know really why. There's no, like, specific singular reason that was given from either party why they walked out. And I guess we'll never know. Maybe, maybe one day Naomi will talk about why she left or Sasha will talk about why she left on a, a YouTube channel or whatever's around in 25 years. Um, but for now, all we know is what we've heard in, in the, the dirt sheets that they were unhappy with creative. And what that means, I don't know. I mean, they were tag team champions at the time of them leaving. But it, it's just, it was just weird. It's just weird. It was just another piece to the drama-filled year that WWE has been. And I guess this was the first big drama that we saw. Yeah, this was. Yeah, this came before any of the other drama that we saw this year in WWE. Um, yeah. Yeah, what, what did you think about this? Talk to me. It, it, it obviously, major story. Um, I, I think, I mean, both women involved in this have major big fan bases, Sasha especially, but I'm not going to discredit Naomi or Trinity's fan base, or she is a, a fairly big cultish following as well, like, and when when this happened, at the time, I, I, this is one of those ones, Kevin, I was just like, I'm not really going to form judgment, and, and I'll just give it a bit of time, and then lo and behold, it was legit, this was a legit walkout, um, yeah, just very surprising, it was creative differences, it's what we know of it, at least that's one of the main elements in this. Um, maybe there was some other stuff, which we might find out about at a later date. Um, but yeah, just really surprising. Sasha Banks in the modern era for women's wrestling is one of the greats. Uh, where you rank her, whether she's... I've seen people say she's the, the best women's wrestler of the modern era and ever, which, in my opinion, is a little bit of an over overreach, but she's not far from it. She's one of the best women's wrestlers who's ever laced the boots, so... Major story, you know, Naomi's nothing to sneeze at either. She was, you know, a great talent when she was wrestling. Now she's doing catwalk modeling and whatever other else. So, yeah, big story, pal. And once again, if this was in 2019, which this literally did happen. Sasha Banks had a similar thing in 2019. This was like the second biggest story of the year. So in any other year, this is far and away the biggest story. But in 2022, it's just one of them, you know. it's You know, it happened. It was big, but... There was like three three stories which were objectively more like oh my god than this, which is nuts. Right? Yeah, exactly. And I, I mean, I think the fact that, with like you said, like you alluded to, we've seen something like this happen before, where Sasha's had creative differences with WWE and the way she's being used. So maybe that is the reason why this didn't hit the same. And it's definitely yeah. because of the things that obviously happened that we're going to talk about and that we've already talked well, about that overshadowed. I remember. Remember just like Sasha's first creative creative differences falling out with WWE when they had Sasha and Bailey as the 
inaugural women's tag champs. They come steaming into WrestleMania and they lose to a, a nobody Australian team called the Iconics. And then they're just taken off TV. And Sasha was like, F this, bye. I'm like, it was just honestly unbelievable. But yeah, carry on. Sorry, I cut you off there. That's okay. And now we don't know why they left. I mean, I, I, at the time, and I guess ever since its coronation, the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships have not been a priority, to say the least. Um, especially at the time when these two ladies left, like it was at an all-time low. Like the morale, the, the around the division, yeah. the stigma, everything was just the quality of matches, the t- TV time, everything was at an all-time low. So I, I don't know. We'll never know. Or maybe we will find out one day. But for now, we don't know. And yeah, I mean, it's the Sasha Banks is um, on her way to AEW. So that that's an early uh, spoiler to uh, predictions mm. that we have. I mean, it's, very, uh, very it's, much, very much so, pal. And they can oh, oh, the guarantee. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, oh yeah. wow. Wow. Uh, yeah. Isn't that that's, that's spicy, there, John? Oh wow. Uh, it's Elite is getting a bit, a bit, bit steamy. Best we open the the, the window. All right, so I, I want you to take the lead on this next story because this involves your favorite wrestler of all time. Yep, yep. Please, please uh, inform us on this one. Yep. Now, I assume you're referring to one Philip J. Brooks? Yes, sir. Uh, CM Punk, uh, the chick magnet punk, Chicago made yes. punk, the second city saint, the voice of the voiceless, the best in the world, CM Punk. Thank you, pal. Um, look, last year, so in 2021, now I don't know when we're going to post this, but in 2021, Punk's return was major. That was one of the biggest, if not the biggest story. In my book, that was the biggest thing of 2021, unless I'm forgetting something blatantly obvious. Punk and AW, especially when it was first conceived, was like, oh my God, wow. And so CM Punk, he carries the AW torch, he, he wins the AW title, from Hangman Page, a double or nothing 2021, or 2022, sorry. He's the, the big, you know, the big top dog. But Kevin, I guess bubbling under the surface, lo and behold, as we found out from that that faithful media scrum, pal, <laughs> there was a bit of bit of tension in the all-late wrestling locker room. There was a bit of, bit of friction there, John. So... Lo and behold, Phil Brooks, he wins the AEW World Championship officially from John Moxley at All Out 2022. Right. And they do the media scrum. And Punk's sitting there. He's all bloodied. He's all, you know, he's had, just had this match. He's literally injured as well. Um, that doesn't help. He, he's, he's all this Tony Khan. His boss is sitting next to him. And he unleashes one of the all-time wrestling tirades about how unprofessional the EVPs are, aka how unprofessional his management is, as the person who made those EVPs, EVPs is right next to him. He unleashes on how unprofessional the talent is, namely Colt Cabana, namely, M- no, not MJF per se, but na- mainly just the talent in the company. He did, he's he going, did, oh, he did mention MJF by name. Oh, yeah. And he's going on about just, yeah, unprofessionalism, how he's sick and disgruntled and... He's tired of it, and now, he has to keep trying Hulk to buy his mother's bank account. Don't forget that. As well. I know, like this big carry-on. Which, look, Kevin, at the time, my opinion was very much CM Punk shouldn't have said that. He was unprofessional. He's showing his true colors. Blah. I don't really mention the elite. With retrospect of 
four months being passed now. I think both parties, CM Punk, The Elite, and Tony Khan, came off looking, both, all three, came off looking as bad as each other. Punk, yes, most of what he said was probably true, and it, most of it, it is, in my opinion. Yeah. But the reality is, you don't say that, and you don't say that in the manner he came off spiteful, hateful, unprofessional, and the platform as well as the new newly crowned AW World Champion saying that stuff, really poor from him, in my opinion. Yep. Then you got the elite pal. This was the, the, the fateful moment, which could, we, Kevin, we could look back upon this as the, the, the moment that caused the death of AEW. You never know when the elite, Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson from Rancho Cucamonga, Kenny Omega, they come, they, they hear this media scrum where Phil Brooks has just unleashed this tirade. The elite see this, that they're probably sitting there with their, their trio's championship belts. They go, oh damn, Punk said that. Let's go bash in his locker room door kick the door down with our employee and world champion. Let's bash the door in, assault him, as well as the you know, best friend and the best friend's family and the best friend's family's dog. Well, let's, just do, let's just create an absolute scene. We're EVPs. Let's beat up our employee and world champion. Now, whether they came to locker room thinking that, that's what's happened, pal. That, that's what went down. And Tony Khan, he was just during Punk's media scrum, Sitting there like some five-year-old at the dinner table as his parents are having an argument, just oh, 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 okay, oh, 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 I don't, oh, oh. Huh. just sitting there, beady eyes, looking like he has no clue what's happening. Jericho let him know of it about five minutes after it went down. Tony was like, oh, oh, and then the punishments, Kevin. You can address this in a, a moment. Tony Khan's supposed punishments. Honestly, the whole thing it was. Nuts. Kevin, if this happens in any year but 2022, this is the biggest story by far, far and away. But some other stuff happened, and it wasn't even the biggest story. But Kevin, this was insane. The fact that this... It showed the true colours of Phil Brooks, the true colours of the elite, the true colours of Tony Khan, pal. Insanity. Oh, yeah, I mean, if this happened last year, it, it would have been the biggest story since Undertaker's streak being snapped. It would, have, mm. it would have been the biggest story in, in almost a decade. Yep. You know, it would have been all the wrestling world was talking about. And not to say that this took a back seat, because it definitely didn't take a back seat. It did not take any back seat, pal, but... Yeah, it didn't geez. take a back seat, but it would have <sighs> just been that much more amplified if it had been the major, the sole major story that came out of wrestling. Um, I mean, it's safe to say this is by far the second biggest story, and, and everybody knows the, the big story is Vince and everything that's surrounding Vince McMahon. But mm -hmm. this backstage brawl, yeah, you know, you got the... You really, like... Man, it's crazy to me. Just think about the fact that the executives, the people that are in charge of this company, like, this, these are the people that are overseeing all the talent, they're overseeing the production, they're overseeing merchandise, they're overseeing every aspect of this wrestling company. This multi-multi-multi-million-dollar company they just punch out an employee like that's it's nuts regardless of what cm punk said whether he was right wrong you're indifferent you don't care yeah whether he was right or wrong what you don't you know you don't punch an employee you know yeah you just you can't do that and that, and that like i think tony khan maybe he learned this i don't know if he did maybe he did maybe he learned that he probably shouldn't have given wrestlers 
this much power? Because at the end of the day, wrestlers are wrestlers. You know, I mean, yeah, you could argue, yeah, Triple H is was an executive, but he wasn't a full-time wrestler. He wrestled once in a while. He went when he wanted to wrestle The Undertaker or Batista or whoever. These guys are Correct. full-time wrestlers and arguably the biggest stars in the company. Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, and they're what the company's named after. It's called All Elite Wrestling. So, I don't know if like it was just a bad move. I think it was a bad move on Tony Khan's part, giving him that much power. And that that goes for Cody too. You know, it's like Cody's not exempt here. Cody shouldn't have had that much power. I mean, it just why why would you want like why would you want that? But either way, that's here nor there. The punishments were a joke. Let's be honest. Let's say what. Let's call it what it is. It seems like CM Punk's gonna get fired, or reach a buyout. Tony Khan's gonna buy him out. He's gonna show up in WWE at WrestleMania 39. Oh, sorry, I'm spoiling another prediction. Oh, oh getting a bit steamy <laughs> up in here. Sorry, on. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah, CM Punk's gonna get bought out. Um, he's gonna he's gonna get paid multitudes of millions of dollars to do absolutely nothing but read comic books and hang out with his wife, pal. And that's all good for him. But the elite, they get a slap on the wrist. They get a couple weeks off, and then they put back in the, the main event picture as soon as they make their return back in, in into the fold. And Tony Khan makes zero mention of it, which I thought was super odd. I mean, he you know he didn't, he didn't have to Vince McMahon and be like, oh, the elite screwed the elite, Punk screwed Punk. But it would have been cool if he would have came out, maybe, maybe did like maybe did a press conference, or you know gave a quote to a, to a newspaper or something. Or just came out on AWTV and was like, yeah, that was completely unprofessional. That's not what my company is about. Something along the lines, you know, like, uh, like to make AEW or make the fans, like, assure the fans that, like, one, this is not a storyline, and two, we're not, you're not going to see stuff like that going forward or hear about stuff like that going forward. I mean, it really made the company look like a joke, bro. When you got the biggest star in the company talking smack to the owner and and like that moment when punk is talking smack about AEW and talking smack to tony khan while he's sitting there right next to him it validated what like a small percentage of like of wrestling fandom it says about tony khan that he's a money mark that he's not a real boss that he, he's just happy to be there he's he's uh he's playing with toy money mm-hmm. so it kind of validated all of that it was like uh, it was the craziest story you could ever imagine. It was just crazy. It was already on top of what was a banner year for wrestling news, to say the least. Yep. We're a month removed from Vince retiring, and then all of a sudden CM Punk's sitting there eating a muffin, talking about Cole Cabana's mother's bank account, and the Matt Jackson punches him in the face afterwards. And I don't know. I don't know what wrestling. Like my brain broke at that point. Couldn't handle anymore. Yeah, it was it was sensory overload for Kevin. It, Kevin, it broke you so much you just you just didn't upload since it broke you. It just yeah. But no, like for real, it was just it was nuts. I mean, to be fair, I'm literally the exact same, so I can't comment. Um, but, but yeah, like it was just it was nutty. Like that that happened. That happened this year. CM Punk. I mean, people back in the day, ten years ago. Very like few were calling Phil Brooks out for literally getting to the top for breaking the fourth wall and not being able to cut one good promo that doesn't involve bitching about someone for real or shooting or breaking the fourth wall or saying stuff you're not supposed to say. 
There were people who had those criticisms of punk a decade ago. I was not one of them. I was a massive punk fan a decade ago when I was growing up. My favorite wrestler alongside Cena. Now, as time went on, and we saw it just amplified exponentially from that media scrum you touched on before, Kevin. It just it showed his true colors. It showed the elite's true colors, and it showed Tony Khan's true colors. It it basically just showed us what AEW and what we and a bunch of people as a wrestling fraternity think about AEW. It showed that and showed their true colors. So, yeah, Kevin, that was just craziness. That that, that whole thing was just yeah, wow. Wow, and, that happened. And just when you thought that, um, you know, the headlines were going to stop coming, we got we got one more to talk about. I mean, a little small thing happened. Vince McMahon. Are you referring, are you referring to William Regal, pal? You're referring to uh, a, a, a page in ring return? A page. Oh, man. I, I forgot about that. Honestly, that, wow. I forgot all about page returning. And William Regal, I mean, William Regal... He went from being fired to working for AEW to being the vice president of a multi-billion-dollar corporation in WWE. That's yeah. about as insane as it gets. But no, we're talking about the, uh, <laughs> the former, the former chairman and CEO of WWE, Vincent Kennedy McMahon. I mean, where do you even begin with this? So, the, the, like, this really started when I believe it was the Washington Post or the Wall Street Journal. I think it was the Wall Street Journal. The Wall Street Journal releases an article about like Vince McMahon like making hush money payments to a, a paralegal, a former employee of WWE, over a relationship that she had with Vince and then later John Laurinaitis. And everybody's thinking like, what? Like, what is going on? What? What? what you, like, what? WWE is being invest- investigated. Vince McMahon is being investigated for wrongdoings. And I think a lot of people really got like, well, um, they got ahead of themselves and they were assuming that there was sexual misconduct and stuff like that. And no, there wasn't really, you know, like it was all consensual from what the reports say. I mean, the problem was that Vince was using WWE's payroll money and oh just my God. using that to pay out millions of dollars in a, in a settlement or in a, in a, um, a non-disclosure agreement to this former employee. I mean, like, what is going on? What Vince McMahon is being investigated. Okay, so everybody's like, oh, it's Vince McMahon. Who cares? He'll, he'll still be in charge. He's not going anywhere. Then it gets bad. Then it comes out that he's he had, Vince had relationships with, for, with uh, divas back in the day and, you know, would fire them or bury them if they didn't want to have a relationship with him. Then it was like, all right. Like, now this is starting to get kind of hot. <laughs> There's something going on here. There's some traction. And then one day, Vince's Twitter account just tweets. I'll quote it. The Twitter account of Vince McMahon tweeted on July 22nd, 2022. At 77, time for me to retire. Thank you, WWE Universe. Then, now, forever, together. WWE. And that was it. Vince McMahon was gone. From WWE has nothing to do with it anymore. Triple H is now the guy. He's I don't know if he's a chairman. I believe Stephanie McMahon is a chairman. But Triple H is the CEO. Triple H is the head of creative. Triple H is the head of all things WWE. And I I it doesn't it this does not feel real. 
at all. It, it just doesn't feel real. It hasn't really set in yet. Like, it, it just feels like Vince is going to come back. Or it feels like Vince is still there. It just... Wow. Vince McMahon, the guy who started it all, is gone. I mean, I got nothing else left to say. It's all you. Just uh, truly a shock. I remember waking up this day and seeing that Vince tweet. And you know how, like, especially nowadays that Elon owns Twitter, you have to, like, double check everything. Mm-hmm. So, like, wait, is this actually a legit account? And it was the legit Vince McMahon account who tweeted that. And it was just like, what's just happened? It, it, it's, it's still kind of shocking. Oh, it is shocking right now. And we're, what, five months removed? Going on six months? Like, it felt, it genuinely felt like Vince McMahon would retire when he died. Like, you wouldn't be out, like, Vince McMahon would not be alive and not be running the WWE. Like, I and many others could not foresee a reality where Vincent Kennedy McMahon was just chilling at some crib or just, like, going out to eat dinner with side chicks while not running the WWE. But, Kevin, that's the reality we're now in. All right, we went from Vince McMahon running the company to now it's just, yeah, now it's just the Triple H show, which I, I did not, no one could have foresaw that at the start of a year ago. Like, and it, the way it happened as well was just, you felt like, it, it felt like, Kevin, here's how I viewed it, the way it felt. It felt like we're, like we're looking from the outside in, and then, as you mentioned, a report comes out with Vince. I was just okay. It's one report, whatever. It's Vince. This stuff's come out before. Who really cares? Whatever. Then another one, and then another one. And me, I'm knowing WWE from the inside, and they're trying to put paper over the cracks. They're trying to band aid over these bullet holes and cover up and keep Vince. But then the damn wall just busts open. A, a bunch of these, you know, reports of misconduct and the hush money, and it all just came out at once. And yeah. The, the damn wall busted. Vince McMahon stepped down. And still to this day, it is staggering because Vince McMahon, without him, Vince has the goal. WWE, rest, professional wrestling mainstream in the West, like what, how we know professional wrestling and what we talk about. Vince McMahon's the pioneer and the godfather of it. When he got there, it was a bunch of territories. And the, the most mainstream territory was, would be one that is talked about in like five states. Whereas now WWE is a publicly traded company known the world over. People see anyone do any wrestling sort of move and they go, oh, you're doing double. Like wrestling is known as WWE because of Vince McMahon. That, that was, that's Vince. And th- this year, 2022, he stepped down. Kevin, the damn wall busted, the allegations and the, the, the stories and the, the hush money and all of it it, 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 it broke. And now we sit here with Paul Levesque running indie trash every week on Raw. It's, it's nuts, pal. It, it really... Kevin, no one predicted... If someone predicted this a year ago, you're Nostradamus. You're, you're brilliant. But no, it's nuts. Nuts. Yeah, can we talk about the allegations that Vince McMahon has beaten in the past? Like, just to paint a picture of all the things, like, like when we say, oh, it's just Vince McMahon, like, we're not just yeah. saying that because it's, it's something to say. So, he allegedly covered up um, uh, Jimmy Snuka's murder of his lover. That's one thing. Um, there was the Ring Boy scandal. 
the steroid oh scandal of the 90s. Oh, Look, God. There was Owen Hart's death. Like, he literally had a wrestler die in the ring on pay-per-view that millions of people were watching. And it was ruled his fault in court, and he paid a multi, multi, multi-million dollar settlement to the family of that wrestler because he basically admitted fault. Uh, there was a Crispin Wall incident. Um, I mean, there was countless, countless storylines and inappropriate... Like, now that was deemed inappropriate at the time was fine. Now it was deemed inappropriate storylines, like making Trish Stratus bark like a dog, having multiple affairs with women, um, you know, uh, beating up a handicapped wrestler. Just, uh, they are everything that Vince McMahon has done. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> you yep. know, he's, he's made it through everything. There's so many things this man has done. He's been sued. How many wrestlers have sued him? You've had wrestlers blaming him for them having CTE. Uh, wrestlers oh, yeah, for, for not yeah, paying yeah. him enough. Um, uh, all the the beefs with Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, Stone Cold. Um, oh, you God. name it, and then some. So it's not like we just say, "Okay, it's Vince McMahon." Just, just to say, like I said, just to say that, just to, just because it's something to say, like. It was just hmm. like, okay, this is another story on Vince McMahon. We've seen a million trillion stories. He's had, he's been sued before. He's had this. He's paid out settlements. Uh, there's been allegations before. Man, it's just okay. It's Vince McMahon. He'll be fine. He'll still be the CEO. Like, I, I wonder how bad this must be. I, it must be really bad for him to retire, <laughs> you know, after all the things yeah. I just mentioned. It, this, this story must have been really bad, and... and we probably only know like twenty percent, if that, of mm. what actually happened. I think as well, just because of the times we're in as well, where where you know it's it's yeah, believable women. There's allegation culture where an allegate like one single allegation, true or not, can just like ruin any public figure or anyone. So that the one, based on what we're hearing here, that's more well more than just one pal, plenty of different. You know, people were allegedly covered up and all this stuff. And just the time the times are in, going now to 2023, where just, yeah, changing times. And this was what drove Vince McMahon to step down. As after everything you mentioned, pal, the, the, the amount of stuff, literally a wrestler died on Vince McMahon's watch in the ring. Vince McMahon claimed fault and paid millions and millions and millions of dollars. And that didn't take him out. But this, like Chris Benoit died, uh, nuts. And this, this, this is what did it. Twenty twenty two was the straw that broke Vince McMahon's perpetual camel's back, pal. <laughs> Crazy. All right, so now, now we talked about twenty twenty two, the year that was. Um, I guess yep. we could just quickly, uh, I'll quickly ask you just some rapid fire things. So who do you think was the best wrestler of the year? The best wrestler, <sighs> as in. Define best wrestler for me. Are we talking just the superstar of the year? Are we talking like best matches? Are we talking like best stories? Like what are we talking? About? We're talking everything. All the criteria that you named and and everything that that equates being a good wrestler. Seth Rollins, that's my pick. Um, Reigns is very close. Uh, Reigns and Star Power, star of the year. Uh, he wasn't on TV, like, most weeks, though, and he'd wrestle hardly ever. Uh, but in my opinion, Seth Rollins or Mo any of the Shield guys, to be honest. Like, keeping any of the Shield guys, but, yeah. What are your thoughts, pal? 
Yeah, I think my. I was gonna say Moxley. I think you could argue John Moxley. Um, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I mean Rollins and Moxley carried their respective companies. You know, Roman Reigns is part time, so now Rollins is, and uh, Cody was hurt, so Rollins was the guy that was there throughout the whole calendar year. You know, yeah, it, and the fact of the matter is, Seth Rollins had a losing record in twenty twenty two. Like he lost like most of his matches. So he's so good at what he does. So yeah. Anyway, Kevin, carry on with the rapid fire, pal. Yeah, Ma- carry. Uh, match of the year, uh, Cody versus Rollins, Hell in a Cell? Question mark. Yes, that's mine. But uh, yeah, to me, that's the match of the year. The the just the visuals, the drama. You you felt watching that match, like the because of Cody and the the the, the torn titty. Like oh, God, I, I, God. that was an emotional match. Uh, yeah. Pay per view of the year. Oof. Actually, I'll ask you that first. What's your pay per view of the year, pal? Uh, I mean, the, uh, you know, the, the, I guess, like, what a lot of people would pick, the, the, the common choice would be, like, Forbidden Door. Um, I wasn't crazy about Forbidden Door. For me, I'd have to say WrestleMania 38. Night one? Yeah, night one. Yeah, night, I should specify yeah, night, night one. That's my answer. That was going to be my answer. Because, like, just the fact that you, we saw Stone Cold wrestle an entertaining match, we saw Cody's insane return... Becky and Belair was an awesome match. It was just a, an easy show to watch. It flew by. Like, to me, that was just the clear show. And it was WrestleMania. 100,000 people there. Massive production. Double degrees, biggest show. It just, it's a no-brainer in my book. And the worst pay-per-view? Uh, the Royal Rumble? Yo, by far. The Royal yeah. Rumble was, atro- that was an atrocity, Kevin. It was <laughs> no debate. Yeah, Vince McMahon fired his own son for putting together that show. So, yeah. Yeah, that, that says enough about how bad it was. How <laughs> WWE legend Randy Orton was in his hometown, favored to win the Rumble. He ran in and got eliminated within a minute and wasn't even in the final few. It was a disaster. It was terrible. It was garbage. Oh, my God. Uh, female of the year, Bianca Belair. No debate. Bianca Belair, that's easy. Easy one. Yeah, it's not even close. Storyline of the year? Uh, Storyline of the year. I want to say Sami Zayn and the Bloodline, uh, that, to be honest. I, I will say, yeah, Sami Zayn and the Bloodline, to me, that was the storyline of the year. The most entertaining week in, week out. It's been going on now several months. And see, whatever segment they do, I really find it captivating. Or, Kevin, you could say Steampunk and the Elite, but is that even a storyline? <laughs> Waits to be said. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, if we want to, just to give another alternative, would be Punk and MJF. I thought that was a great storyline. Um, and it would have been. I think it could have been in the running for storyline of the year had, you know, the those guys, him and the elite, had just been professional for a moment. But hey, I, I, Kevin, dig- I digress. Kevin, what about the 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 BCC and uh, Chris Jericho having matches and, <laughs> and Claudio having matches every week for six months? What about that? Wasn't that good? Oh yeah, pal. Yeah, it was good. Did you enjoy those those great Jericho and Claudio versus Brian and like just. It, that, that, that kept happening everywhere. Anyway, the European uppercuts, pal. Oh, they're so crispy, aren't they? Carry on. Next. next. <laughs> wow. Um, am I missing something? Am I missing a category? Uh, we, Tag team of the year. Oh, oh, God. Um, the use You got it. Yeah, I mean, just because they've been champions all year and they're in the main stable. Yeah. Objectively, I'd say the use I was trying to think whether there's anyone else I could do as a, a dark horse pick there, John. Um, oh, I know. Hit, hit row, pal. Hit row. Uh, the acclaimed. Yeah. 
that's that's a, that's that's a more objective good pick. Um, but you know, I think hit row with that guy who nearly died doing the suicide dive. Oh, God. <laughs> wow. Pal, pal, let's get to the 2023 predictions. And I'm coming in hot. I'm starting this yep. off. We're going to start off where we left off with our, our 2022 year in closing. Yep. Vincent Kenny McMahon will be back at WWE in 2023. That That is yep. my boldest prediction. Will he be the chairman and CEO? Will he be the head of creative? I don't know. But he will be back at WWE in some way, shape, or form. I like it. I like it. I have that one too. I like that. I that like that. That is a guarantee. That, that is a guarantee. That, there's no way. There's just no way he doesn't come back. And le- unless we get more news articles and, you know, more allegations and more hush money payments um, being broken out by a, a whistleblower who did a good job of remaining anonymous. You know, Vince McMahon paid millions of dollars for a non-disclosure agreement and she went and told the Washington Post everything. So. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, what of a uh, money well spent. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and, Kevin, I'll go on to my first. I have about – how many do I have here? I have eight. Oh, well, you, we've just done one. So I have seven. Um, I'll give you one here. Uh, Tony Khan falls out with the elite and strips them of their EVP titles. That's my first one. I think after what we saw with the all-out media scrum and just generally, I think Tony Khan will become the sole kind of figure of power in AW. The EVPs, as we know them, Kenny and the Bucks won't have those titles for much longer. I think in 2023, Tony just takes full control of AW. I absolutely agree with that one. Um, I didn't have that one in my list, but that, that's a good prediction. Um, another one for me, CM Punk will be back in... in uh, he'll be back in wrestling. I don't want to say he'll be in AEW or WWE, but CM Punk oh. will be back in wrestling in 2023. I'm not sure what company it will be with, but he'll be back in 2023. I'm sure you had that one as well, but yeah. Uh, I had the opposite. I'd CM Punk does not return to wrestling. For I, mine, I, I think he'll be back. I definitely think. I think he got the itch again. I think he got it. With okay. That, that big return and all the good storylines and working with the young talent. I think he got the itch. I, I think the good outweighed the bad in AEW. But didn't did you allude to before that you think Sam Punk will be a WrestleMania? I did. Yes, I, I did say that. Oh, that's Punk a big. Would, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think he could show up for WrestleMania thirty nine. I really do. I, I think there's hey. a big possible. Or you could show up slightly before. Maybe the Royal Rumble. Maybe Elimination Chamber or whatever pay-per-view we're going to have prior to uh, WrestleMania. Or he might show up at the show of shows himself. Itself, rather. I don't know. But CM Punk, it wouldn't surprise me if CM Punk showed up in WWE. would not surprise me at all. I like it. I like it. And Kevin, you mentioned WrestleMania 39. My, my call for that, The Rock doesn't return to WWE and no Rock reigns happens ever. That's my. I think that's a that's a that's a very realistic bold call. I just think that's gonna be a match, a bit like Batista and Brock, a bit like you know Eddie and Sean. One of these matches that we just we never see. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I I'm kind of leaning towards that direction as well. I mean, I know a lot of people say, "Oh, The Rock's gonna come back because it's in Hollywood and yada yada." Mm. And, and we've seen a tease. You know, we saw a tease on Young Rock. Um, Roman Reigns talked about it. The Rock has talked about it. So both guys know that everybody wants to see it. WWE knows that everybody wants to see it. But will <sighs> they be able to come to an agreement? Will they be able to, will they be able to work out a time in between The Rock's busy schedule? 
Who knows? That remains to be seen. Mm. Mm. Agree. Agree. Do you have another one for us, pal? I've got a couple more. Yeah, go ahead. Give us another one. Do you want... Okay, do you want my, like... Actually, do you want... I'll build up to the boldest one. So I'll, I'll do, like, a couple of these, which are kind of a bit more tame. Uh, Charlotte Flair breaks Cena and Ric Flair's record oh, in 2023. Um, she's at 14 title runs as of SmackDown tonight, so... Only needs a couple more. I think they'll they'll do a hot potato with her and Ronda Rousey or her and someone. She'll get to seventeen during twenty twenty three. I feel like. Yeah, why not? Might as well. Yeah. Might as well. Yeah, just yeah. give her every accolade imaginable. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have as well. NXT is taken off of television. Um that's just mine. I don't know whether that's gonna be through WWE opting for it or the USA network. Not renew. I don't know, but that's just my take. That's just my call. Uh, I've got Edge retires once and for all. He has his last match, maybe at SummerSlam, maybe Russell. I don't know. Um, but Edge calls time on what's been an incredible comeback, a phenomenal three and a bit years. I think Edge will call time, pal. Yeah, with that one. I mean, I, I, I can see it. Yeah, he's almost 40. I mean, not 40, he's almost 50. So I can see it. Yeah, um, and then are you ready for the big one, pal? Let's hear it. So th- th- this concerns the tribal chief. So Uh-oh. Solo Sokoa dethrones Roman Reigns, Triple H and Batista style, where the dude who stands still looking like, you know, the unstoppable force turns babyface and dethrones Roman. That's my first prediction. And then after that, I think Roman Reigns leaves WWE and goes to Hollywood and becomes just fully part-time and barely shows up as of 2024. Hmm. I like it. So, I, I like so that. The, I like that solo Sokoa. I think that would be a dope story. Yeah, because I was watching SmackDown tonight, right? And you got at the ringside, you got the Usos, Heyman. Like, the Usos are carrying on. Heyman's all emotional. Sokoa's just staying there like Batista did back in the day with Evolution. I'm like, that would make... That would be really good if they did that. It just... Yeah. So, the, they're my calls, pal. Yeah, feel free to offer some more thoughts. But yeah, that's what I think for 2022 or 2023, sorry. Uh, well, I have another one. Um, it's not, I don't know if it's super bold, but I think AEW Rampage will get cancelled in 2023. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, <laughs> yeah I just don't see that getting renewed, especially now that they own Ring of Honor and we're getting Honor Club, the uh, phenomenal subscription service, which is $9.99. Um, I, I don't know. We even still don't know what Honor Club is, but, you know. I, I, yeah, I think AEW Rampage is gone. I, you can see it happening, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, my, my call is just AEW Rampage gets renamed AEW Honor. And just because yeah. they own Ring of Honor. That's, that's my prayer. I think they'll be renamed, you know, maybe change of time slot. Or they'll, they'll change it. I don't think they'll be taken off a of TV. That's my prediction. But who knows? Uh, but yeah, something's going to change with Rampage. I just, it's not. It, when it came in, it was like, oh, this is cool. But yeah, no. No, it's, no not it anymore. That's my opinion. Um, but yeah, there you go, pal. It's been, I'd say, unless there's anything else you want to put here. Yeah, I'm, th- I'm trying to think of anything bold. I'm trying to go bold, bold. But I can't think of any. Nothing really strikes my mind. Um, oh, well, I mean, Sasha Banks in, a- in AEW, I think that's... That's, that's, is that even bold anymore? Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's gonna happen for sure. AW has AW signs a game changing ex WWE like, former NXT mid Carter to be a game changer on Raw, like like stuff like that's just yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. 
because yeah, par for course in wrestling. So yeah, I'm trying to think. Back. I'm trying to think what like a bold call could be for someone like Sami Zayn. I think WWE going to strap the rocket to Sami Zayn, but I just don't. I'm. I'd love to see where that's going to go. Um, because yeah, I mean he's he's going to be a big babyface component in WWE, but I don't know what they're going to do. Same with Cody. It's it ways to be seen. Should be interesting. Oh, yeah, speaking of predictions, yeah, I have to disagree with your Solo Sakawa prediction because I think Cody is going to uh, over he's gonna overthrow Roman Reigns from his throne. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's fair. That's very fair. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I can't really dispute that too much. I just think my prediction is still solo, but yeah. Uh, how, how many side chicks will Vince McMahon be, be uh, photographed with in 2020? Uh, how, how high can you count? <laughs> <laughs> um yeah no nah, uh, i don't know i like that yeah oh, no nah, that's man. i think that's that's all i have really that there's some kevin i will say our bold calls and predictions for 2023 destroy our ones of track. actually i've got another one um i think what will happen at wrestlemania we're gonna because we saw the the big news with Stephen a smith wanting to be a part of the wwe we're gonna get a match we're going to have oh, no. Kendrick Perkins with Stephen A in his corner versus oh, Shannon Sharp with Steve Bayless in his corner. Oh, my God. And what's going to happen, we're going to have a turn and we're going to have Skip Bayless and um, Skip Bayless and Stephen A. Smith hug at the end of the match and, like, turn on Shannon Sharp. That's yeah, what I think is going to happen. Yeah, Skip Bayless says, like, you don't have enough rings to Shannon Sharp. Yeah, Skip low blows Shannon Sharp in the middle of the ring and, like, Stephen A and there's, like, a pop. That's what I think is going to happen. That would be hilarious. That would be yeah. amazing, and they just end. Uh, that's my. I think undisputed as a show is ending in twenty twenty three. Skip and Shannon. I think that's. I think that's lasting the end of the year. It's another prediction. What about MJF going to WWE? That's a twenty twenty four and beyond thing. That's not next year. He'll be AW champion for like half or more of next year, and then who knows? And then he'll show up at WrestleMania forty. Oh, could you hey, imagine? Hey guys, I'm here. Welcome. Yeah. Yeah, like the, the WrestleMania 40 main event. You've got some like, you got Cody Rhodes. Like he's just, he's, he's crying. He's just defeated. Oh. Who knows? He just had this like epic match and defended the universal title. And then MJF comes out and like the, the place just like erupts. And then Twitter's just like, oh, XAW talent carrying WWE. Just, oh God. Yeah, and then wow. Tony Khan becomes the guy, pal. Pal, you get Tony Khan. Like they, they, they do like a, a live stream. Tony Khan goes in the official AW YouTube channel, has like a seizure on stream. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> wow. And no, we're not. We're not going to predict JD from New York to collapse on stream like we did last year, Brian. Yeah. So sure. Uh, yeah, we did. We did predict that one. Yeah. yeah did, so there you go, pal. And why, pal? What a shot! <laughs> what a way to close the podcast, pal. Pal. Well, it's been it's been a good year. It's hopefully I don't know our consistency for next year. Um, see where life takes us, pal. But yeah, it's been a, a good year, twenty twenty two. Um, I know Kevin. Hopefully, WWE can leave you alone, especially with the copyright claims. Um, and you can you have your channel scot free, and you can you know your channel can pop off, and everything like that, and the lead heat can pop off as well. And um, yeah, there you go. Yes, sir. I mean, uh, you know, twenty twenty two was great. Uh, it was great talking about this lovely wrestling with you every single week because we're consistent here at um, Elite Heat. So, yeah. Till the next one.